0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Millennial Sales Podcast coming at you October 6th, 2021. Uh, My voice is a little hoarse uh, because, well, at the end of the quarter last week where we were grinding and then uh, was at a bachelor party in Austin, Texas, and now I'm back and the head's fuzzy, the voice is scratchy, but we're powering through and we're getting this thing done. So I appreciate you coming back. This is where young salespeople learn the tools they need to be successful. Um, got a great episode today. Uh, Parker Ashley, my guy he's the VP of American sales over at Dark Trace in the security world. Uh, he's been there for about six years, climbed through the ranks entry level sales to VP of sales. One of the fastest VP of sales uh, you know trajectories that I've seen uh, one of the, the quickest that I've had on this podcast. I mean dude is probably in his young 30s. Uh, racking that VP of sales title at a hot growing startup. So uh, a lot of respect for him. We talked uh, a little bit about his early grind of sales, but this is really all about personal finance in this episode, something that he and I are both passionate about. So we talk about a couple different levels, right? One, if you're just an SDR starting out, what do you need to know? Um, What do you need to know when you're making 40, 50, 60 grand a year in that first job, how to budget, how to keep your costs low? uh, what to do with some of that, that first money. Then you hit a second stage, right? You get to be an AE, you have one or two breakout years as an AE, and you take that 50 and you double it, you triple it, you quadruple it, whatever it might be. And you've got some real cash coming in. Um, and and what should you be doing with that cash investing, saving, spending on shit, a combination of all of them. Uh, we talk about that. And then we talk about, you know, kind of like the 2.0, the next level stuff. Like, what is he investing in? Let me talk about crypto a little bit. We talk about, you know, ETFs, talk about real estate. We get in, into a, a ton of different topics. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Before we get to the goods uh, of that, let me do a quick shout out to our sponsor. So uh, Postal.io, OG sponsor to this show. They help create meaningful experiences for your prospects and customers. So uh, you can send them very personalized gifts. Uh, to your customers, right, from the local brewery, the local florist, whatever it might be, right, instead of just like the, the random Starbucks gift card. So they're doing some great and creative stuff. We just did a contest on LinkedIn the other day uh, for the best gifts. We gave out three months free uh, coffee subscription to Dale Dupree, who's going to come on this show. So we got some great stuff coming along. Uh, hope you check them out. Uh, give me a checkout. The best place to find me is going to be on LinkedIn, Tom Alemo. I'm Tommy Tahoe. Everywhere else, on the social media world. Um without further ado, let's go straight into my conversation with Parker Ashley. Let's go. All right, Parker Ashley coming on the Millennial Sales Podcast. How are you, man?
1: Hey, Tom, I'm good. Good to hear from you again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um we're both in the rush of uh, of Q3 as we speak. Couple weeks left. I think you got uh A big presentation you were talking about tomorrow, so um, we'll say we'll say as focused as we can on the topic at hand, knowing that I woke up in a sweat at 6 a.m. or 5:30 a.m. thinking about deals this morning. So that's where my headspace is. You and me both.
1: You and me both, man.
0: Um, Cool. So for everyone that um, has not uh, checked out Parker or connected with him on LinkedIn, you know, definitely do that. Uh, VP of Sales uh, over at Dark Trace has climbed the ranks there. We did a great episode on the Pavilion podcast with a lot of his background. Um, So I I think if you wanna get to know Parker as an individual, that's probably the best episode for you. We're here on specific business today, my friend. Uh, I I had a post the other day, uh, citing the book, The Psychology of Money, which is a great book um, that I'd highly recommend folks check out. Uh, And really kind of as a call out that, Money is something that we, we we don't talk about a lot. You don't learn it in school, most likely. And as salespeople, you're in one of the few jobs where your income is directly related or can be directly related to how well you perform at your job. And so there could be really vast uh, you know, income levels you have, depending on are you a first-year SDR versus you get into outside sales or sales management and start really crushing your number. Um things can add up fast. So I, I want to go through a number of different things with you, Parker, uh, on a topic that I think it sounds like you're very passionate about.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely, man. I- I'm happy to. I think this is a topic that, uh, for better or worse, I mean, I don't think is is addressed as often uh, as it needs to be, especially in in uh, high-income roles. And I'm, I like to see that people are talking about it more openly ever since the uh, the 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 challenges of uh, last year. So I'm happy to dive in.
0: So let's start with, let's start chronologically here. Um, And let's start with, you know, some tips for people that are, you know, SDRs, let's say, you know, first few years coming out of college, first few years in sales, I imagine your OTE is, you know, in the mid five figures at that point. I know coming out of school, mine was like $40,000 uh, which living in Boston was, you you weren't take you weren't saving too much, uh, at at that stage. So I'd love to hear, uh, what your take is for someone like that, that's coming out of school might have some college debt, uh, or student loans rather, um, making a, a a pretty, uh, you know, uh, not a huge amount of money coming out of school.
1: Yeah, a, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, unless you, uh, land some, uh, massive investment banking role or, you know, you're coming out of law school and you, you get with a big firm or something like that, most people early in their career uh, are going to have, you know, an entry-level salary. Um, but I think what's really cool about sales in, in particular is, like you mentioned, you could kind of control it based on your input, right? You're not beholden to, uh, well, I do well and then I'll get a 5 or 10% raise at the end of the year or whatever it is and then I just keep doing that year over year over year. Um, you can accelerate much more quickly based on meritocracy and sales. And I think if you're really, unless you're, you know, hyper interested in in one direction um, and uh, in marketing or whatever the case is, um, sales is just such an awesome career. I mean, it's such a good skill set. but financially um, it puts you in a position to get very far ahead uh, very quickly. So long as you build those foundational skills. So, Um, yeah, I think you have to kind of overlook the short-term, uh, uh, part of the the sales growth. And like you said, when I was an SDR, man, I think I was at like 150 plus percent of my plan. I think I still made 60 grand, you know, like it, 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 it's just kind of part of that early stage. Um, but the upside is really interesting. And I remember when I was an SDR, I had a buddy who was an account manager, um, at uh, an IT firm and I heard a whisper that he was making like 250, 300, 350k. He's my age. Uh, he just got out of the gate a little bit ahead of me and at the time I was like, there's no way, man like'm I'm, I'm you know <laughs> busting my butt and'm I'm, I'm making 60 grand here. like there's no way that money doesn't exist here. That doesn't exist. Um, and then you find out about people making a million dollars a year in the, in the role. So the upside's definitely there. Um, and I think you, you have to realize that and stay focused on it. Um, but, uh, but kind of think for that, you know, more mid to long-term outcome in the role, cause that first, the first few years, yeah, it's, you're not going to get those big bucks, but if you build the, the foundation, you, you will quickly accelerate past your peers, uh, from an earnings perspective, I think.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I think patience is the name of the game early yep. on knowing that you're not going to get paid your worth. Uh, at the beginning, right? You have to show, you almost have to produce like someone that makes a hundred grand, 150 grand before you actually get paid that before you get earned the promotion uh, to be an AE or whatever it might be. I I always feel like in my sales career, you know, it it always feels like your production can sometimes be uh, ahead of where your earnings are. And so you just have to kind of wait for that to catch up sometimes where you do Earn, earn the promotion. Say that that gets you to that new tier, or earn you know the extra accelerator or whatever it might be. So definitely, step no, step one is uh, is patience, uh, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. Patience and and focusing on building the skill set that will become valuable, uh, more valuable over time exponentially for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're about as valuable as as the market deems you uh, when you have no track record. But once you have the track record, you're, you're, you're paid whatever value that you could convince somebody else you have. And that's always based on the skills uh, that you deliver. And in sales, it's much more tangible than that. I mean, you're based on your delivery. And if you have the skills to deliver big big numbers and uh, a lot of revenue for the business, then you're, you're paid accordingly. And I think that's a big differentiator for sure.
0: Did you make any mistakes early on? And let's say maybe the first year or two in sales coming out of school? That um, you know, you regret or, or that you would change now or that are just like glaringly obvious to you now?
1: Um yeah, you know, I think I, I think it I'd be remiss to say I I didn't make a ton of mistakes. I think that'd be uh I I think I'd be lying to myself. Um I've always that's not true. I, I don't I don't think I when I was growing up, I wasn't very, I wasn't necessarily bad with money. But I was, you know, I was very, um, uh, instant gratification oriented as, as, you know, most, most people are when they're younger. And I remember I, my first sales job was in high school. I was selling knives, I was selling Cutco knives. Yeah. And I remember I Me saw too. my first, yeah, yeah. I remember we talked about that. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I mean, the opportunity there was awesome. It was the first time I recognized that my, uh, that my earnings could be tied directly to my effort and, um. And I remember I got my first like decent sized check, you know, it, it was my first check with a, a comment at the time and I was in high school and I, I probably went and spent it on like, I don't know, like some headphones or some speakers or something. <laughs> I, I think probably a part for my car, I was big in my cars, but I, it, the money came in and the money would go right out. Um, but I remember over time, like when I entered the professional working world and I was an SDR and at first I was like, man, I'm going to earn. You know, sixty thousand dollars or whatever it is. I was like, that's a that's crazy. That's so much money. Like I could do so much with that money, right? Yeah. And then I start realizing I'm in San Francisco at the time, which is a super cheap place to live. Um, <laughs> and and I remember this is the first realization I had where I, I recognized something was something was broken, something was off. I'm making sixty thousand dollars a year. I'm living with my parents. I'm thinking like, God, man, I barely put away any money. You know, I've got, I, I'm barely stacking away, stacking away my chips, but I've got my colleagues who are living in the city. They're paying 2,500 bucks a month or whatever it is, living with a roommate, but still paying almost all their base salary just to, just, just on housing cost. You know, they're in the red, they're talking about it openly. Um, and they're, they're asking me when I'm going to move to the city. And I'm thinking like, how, how can you afford this? Like, I don't understand. And and I started to get kind of the sense then that like, okay, something's not right in this equation, but I still made mistakes. It didn't still lock in, right? Like, because I was still using all the money I got there. Uh, I wasn't able to save because I was like going to concerts and I was using all my money for those other things. Even though I was saving my parents, I wasn't like using that strategically to save yet. Yeah. Um, And then I uh, got my job, uh, my current job, and I became an AE. And for me, it was all. I'm big on putting yourself in a position to win. And I, mm-hmm. the moment I recognized the opportunity I mentioned in sales, I wanted to be in that position or as close to it as possible. I want to get out of this SDR world or at least get into a higher earning position. So I did that, and uh, and then and then when I got my first like serious check, um, like you know five figure check, yeah. uh, I was like, dude, this is crazy. This is so much money. And then I went and bought a watch. <laughs> Yeah. Or something ridiculous. Or I I I I think I also bought a a new car at the time. And to this day, um I I I have not sold that watch or that car as a reminder that that was the most costly long-term mistake I made at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh and also I, you know, I'm gonna ride those things until they're worth nothing at this point, but uh, it was very quickly after that, where I started to kind of realize like how the system is broken and and how hard it was for me to get ahead, even though I started to earn more, if just as much money goes out the door, uh, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all how much I earn. So I think that was really eye-opening for me. Those were the last few big financial mistakes I made uh, when I started getting those first few checks. And then I I started just changing stuff. And, and I think that's what is super important for, for all new sales reps coming out there is you got to start thinking financially and how to get educated because your money could go so much further for you if you're really diligent.
0: Yeah. So you, you get to that point, which, uh, which is really kind of my warning on the post that led to this conversation was you can go from making that, that 50 grand, uh, to let's say 150 almost overnight. I mean, not like one day, but in yeah. a really yeah. short amount of time, you know, you get promoted to AE, you have a few killer, you know, months or quarters and like all of a sudden your, 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 uh, your OTE, your take home earnings are, you know, multiples of what they were yeah. the year before. Um, and you're like, you, you could be 23, 24, 25 when this is happening, which is kind of crazy. You know, you, you likely don't have a family at this point. You likely don't have a house, a mortgage some of these high, uh, you know, responsibilities and bills that, you know, people tend to have later in life. So, um, so my question to you is, okay, that happens. I'm, I'm noticing now I've got like, you know, thousands of dollars more coming in uh, every single month, uh, maybe even $10,000 more every single month. What do, what do I do with that? Like, is, is the move to, to save it? Is it to take a percentage, spend it on me? invest the rest? Like, what what would you what would you suggest for someone that's starting to like, really see this money come in and doesn't want to like blow it?
1: Yeah, and I think it really depends on everybody's unique situation. And, uh, you know, obviously, I'm, uh, you know, I have to preface with with, you know, I'm not a financial advisor, I don't give financial advice or anything. But for me, I think, I I think a couple things this and the first point being, um, touching on on what you mentioned about Seeing more money come in the door. I think the challenge with um, a lot of these high-earning sales roles is that it's not just like, oh, I have a five thousand dollars more a month coming in the door. Sometimes you get these huge pops in this bonus check. You know, you get a fifty grand in a check or a hundred grand in one check or whatever it is. And if you can't manage ten thousand dollars, you can't manage hundred thousand dollars, mm. right? It all applies. If if you have no idea how to manage your money when you're earning fifty thousand dollars a year, you're you're you're, you're not suddenly going to be better if you have a million dollars a year coming in the door. You're probably right. going to be be worse because you're you're not going to understand uh, your personal finance to a degree where you could control that money. And I think that's what's really dangerous. Since actually it's actually almost weaved in to a lot of the sales culture. You know, when you're looking at like spiffs and like, oh, you you're really great at sales and and you go buy this nice car and listen, like it, it's your money, spend it how you want to spend it. But like, I think we've built into this culture and even like, uh, uh, what was the movie Glenn Gary Glenn Glenn Ross where you know he's he's talking about his car he's got out in the parking lot and he's talking about yeah. his ninety thousand dollar watch and this thing. And we've kind of built this into the culture. You get this big check, you go get to buy the Porsche or get to buy the Rolex or whatever. And I think that's really dangerous. Um, so back to your question, again, how you manage it depends on your personal situation. Um, you know, you may have student loans or student debt, you may have credit card debt or whatever, uh, or you may have other, uh, responsibilities that you need to take care of. But I think, um, an underlying sort of notion is you want to start, especially when you're young, time is on your side. You have, the advantage of starting to like invest money when you're in your 20s is exponential than when you start to think about it from your 30s. Um, and I haven't, you know, I haven't looked at the math at the, on this in a while, but I think it's like if you save $100 every month or something when you're in your starting it when you're 20. Uh, you'd still be ahead of somebody who starts saving like, I don't know, like 500 bucks a month when they're when they're in their 30s or something crazy like that. So it's exponential. Um, but I think you have to always look at it from the lens of paying yourself first. And I think if you think about it in that context, the game changes. And what I mean by that is I would pay myself first. So after the the necessities, so after taxes and and, you know, all that stuff and, And as you get more sophisticated, there's actually ways to pay yourself before that. But, um, you know, after you pay your necessity, your taxes and your social security and all that stuff, most people just go, okay, cool. I'm going to go pay my rent, my expenses, my bills, and then my spending money. And then whatever's left, I'm going to save that. You got to flip that completely on its head. You have Mm -hmm. to be so diligent about this money is for me. I'm putting this 10, 20% aside every month, no matter what, this is for me. This goes into a uh, savings account or better yet, uh, and which where it should be going is into investment account. Just go dump it into like a Vanguard uh, uh, ETF or something that tracks like a, a major index or whatever. Again, not financial advice, do your own research. Uh, yeah. But just go put it into an investment account. Uh, and, but make sure that's the priority. And then whatever's left, you pay your, your necessities, your expenses, and then your wants. Uh, and that's how people should think about it. Um, because the earlier you start, the better it's going to be because the end goal in order to build wealth is to get a substantial amount of money that works for you 24 seven. And you then could have multiple strings of income that will secure you and your finances, your family well into the future, not just even retirement, you get to a certain point where you could retire earlier and earlier and earlier, or at least you have the safety net in the background to do whatever it is you want to do without being mm-hmm. beholden to that check or that next big quarter or whatever it is. So, um, I think, I think that's the, at least the mental shift that you've got to make subtly.
0: Yeah. I mean, pay yourself first is is maybe the best advice that you can give, right? You're, you're paying your future self by yeah. setting aside that whatever it is, let's call it 10%, 20%. And yeah. If you take that out, you can actually, you know, for those that 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 aren't aware or aren't doing this, you can actually, you know, do this automatically ahead of time, right? So let's say you earn uh, five thousand dollars, you can actually take a thousand that just gets automatically taken out of your your paycheck and sent yep. to, let's say Vanguard or wherever you're going to put it, your savings account, whatever. Um, and so when you get your your paycheck or, or sent to your checking account, it's that four grand. Right. Yep. And so you don't even see that extra thousand. It doesn't hurt. It's not a hole in your pocket. You probably won't even remember that you did that. But then one day you'll look and you'll see all the money that you've actually stacked up on the side.
1: Yeah. And that's the simplest thing, right? If your company offers a 401k or a retirement account or something like that, contribute to it, max it out if you can, uh, or at least up to the match. Um yeah. And then it's done automatically for you. You don't have to think about it. If you're not diligent enough to do it yourself, um, you know, at least take advantage of one of those programs. Uh, I think you know all that. Oh, it's free money. That's also true if your company has a match. That is free money. Um, but at the very least, it's it's a it's a it's um, a discipline system that's built mm-hmm. in for you. And um, I think that's just the start. Uh, to be honest, um, I, I think one thing that really helped me. Yeah. So you start with that mentality, um, and at a certain point, once you start figuring some of these things out and you start really educating yourself financially, you start looking forward to making more money just so you could invest more of it. Like yeah. once you see this engine start turning, you it it like if you're truly money money motivated and you're interested in building real wealth for yourself yeah. and for your family and everything else. And and you're genuinely interested in doing that. The moment you start kind of getting a little bit of that traction uh, and you start seeing the potential and uh, you start figuring out these systems, oh man, you are, um, you just become like even more money uh, motivated. But just because you're like, oh, there's this investment I wanna make or this real estate I wanna buy or whatever, I wanna fund these accounts and I need to make more money to do it. And then it starts being uh, like, it starts becoming fun, it starts becoming a game that you could play. Um, And then real quick to to kind of back to your comment, I think the paying yourself first thing is important. Um, But really where I would start for everybody is you've got to know your own situation uh, from from the terms of your accounting. You've got to know your expenses. You've got to know what you have coming in, obviously. You've got to know what's going out the door and where. You yep. have to understand to a T where your dollars are going and you don't have to do this constantly and forever for the rest of your life, but you should spend an hour a week uh, for a month or two, or maybe a couple of months and just keep a simple spreadsheet and track your spending. Just figure out your burn rate, figure it out what it is you're spending. And that's a really easy place to start. Cause you'll start seeing like, Jesus, like I, like I spent a thousand dollars on restaurants this month. Like did, Why? <laughs> That's crazy. That's so much money, and you don't have to cut out restaurants. You don't have to not have fun. But you quickly realize, like, wow, I'm just bleeding money from areas I didn't re- I didn't recognize, and that's where you start, and that's where you find your first ten or twenty percent that you save every month. Um, and then for me, I, I was it, once I really got into this, I, I took it to a bit of an extreme. Um, Let's hear it. But I I started to see. Okay, I knew my finances right, and for me, financial freedom is became the ultimate goal. I want to be able to have my investments pay for my expenses. And this isn't, yeah, this is like the FIRE movement, the uh, financial independence retire early kind of stuff. This isn't like retire on a a yacht and all this stuff. This is just, I never want to have to worry about money and working because I want to make sure that my money's working for me and covering my expenses. That was the foundation of it. Just that freedom was my why. I want the freedom to choose whatever I want to do, to walk away from whatever I want to walk away from, to take whatever job I want. If I want to you know, uh, disappear and go circumnavigate the globe for six months, I can. It doesn't matter. I've got money coming in. That was my goal. That was always the why for me. So first, it started with what's my burn rate, right? Mm-hmm. What's that freedom number? What's my expense number? Okay. It's you know uh, whatever it is, 50 grand a year. A single guy, young, no family. So easy, 50 grand a year, 55 grand a year, fine. Uh, can I get that down? Where are my biggest expenses? Okay, taxes, biggest secret expense that people don't think about, right? Not a lot you could do when you're a W 2 earner, to be honest, on, on, on mitigating that. But um, taxes are a big one. Uh, uh, um, living expenses, next biggest one for most people. Um, and then other necessities, and then your kind of extraneous stuff. But I, I quickly feel it's like, dude, I could in my 20s, I don't need to have my own apartment in this big space in this luxury condo. Like, I don't need that. Like, is it really going to make me that much happier and more productive? No, I'm traveling for work anyway. I'm, I'm really rarely ever at home. I, I'm an extrovert. I like the company of people. Um, so I kind of kept living, you know, like an elevated college lifestyle in my 20s. That's the way I thought about it. I yeah. was like, I'll have a roommate. It doesn't matter to me. I'll have a roommate. That's easy save a bunch of money there, but start making those little transitions. And then I started to play a game with myself and see like, how far can I stretch this? So I started at 20% of everything that came in, I, I saved and invested. Then it was 30%. Then it was 40%. And what I would do is I would just turn the dial up slightly every month to see, okay, where can I save more? Where can I optimize? Where can I save more? And, and it was a little uncomfortable but I yeah. didn't stop having a life. I was still going out with friends. I was still traveling. I was having a good time. And yeah, it helps when you're also focusing on the other end of the equation, which is your income. If you're making more money, it allows you to be more flexible with that money. But even still, I was, I was not saying like, oh, I, I've earned uh, you know, X percent more this month so that I, I get to just spend that. I was like, no, no, no. I wanna factor that into this equation. And yep. eventually I got to the point where I was saving uh, 50% of my base salary, and And 100 percent of my bonus. Whoo! I was my bonus, point, you mean
0: variable comp?:
1: My variable comp. OK. Uh, and I would take five percent from my commission to, you, know, get something I like or want, uh, you know, something I could just spend and blow money on, and, and that was OK. That felt OK to me. Um, but I got to the point, I think I, I was saving 85, 90 percent of my income at a certain stage, and I, at that certain stage, I was also earning a very high income um, yeah. because I was working the hardest I've ever worked. I was having a, a great couple of years. So it allowed me to do that. But I think even to this day, I'm still hovering somewhere around 60, 70%. And um, what that allowed me to do was take all of that money and just dump it into investments. And those investments started with your standard kind of equities, um, you know, tracking ETFs on markets and just plugging it into stock and things like that. Um, and then I dabbled with like crypto and and I have a more focused strategy around that. Real estate's always been really big. I love the tax advantages of real estate. I love the cash flow element. Because again, the why was I want income coming in. And real estate allows you something that equities don't. You could use leverage. You could you could uh, say you have $100,000. You could buy a $500,000 property with that. Yep. And you could use $500,000 for the $100,000 you put in or whatever it is plus the tax advantages, plus, plus, plus. Um, so then real estate was a big piece. And I was like, okay, I don't really have the time to manage my own real estate, but then you earn a certain amount once you earn over 200 grand a year, uh, you become a credit investor. So now you can start participating in syndications where people are a lot smarter and more confident than myself put together big apartment deals and yeah. they'll just take your money and they'll kick off a, a cash flow and then a big pop at the end. Just perfect. Just start shoving money in that. Um, but that system, uh, you know, I went, I remember when I started, when I left my SDR role, I mean, I was struggling to get to, uh, I think like 10,000 in in net worth. I mean, that was my goal. It's like, I'm gonna get to 10,000. That's enough. I could travel the world if I want to, (laughs) you know, whatever naive thought I had at the time. Um, but that 10,000 was the first goal. Once I got to 10,000, that, that, that 10,000 to a hundred thousand was equally as hard. Like that first 10,000 was so hard. I remember that being yeah. so hard. But once I got 10 to 100 was like, huh, that was hard. It was, it was weirdly not as hard as I thought it, it came faster than I thought. Uh, and then that first, you know, 100 to 500 was like, huh, there's a formula to this. Yeah. Uh, and then that and then you, you breached the the million mark, you are like, huh, okay, now you're picking up serious momentum. Right. And, um, and I think once you once you see it, you just become addicted to it. And um, I, I think a lot of people don't realize. And, and the pandemic was very eye opening for people who were living paycheck to paycheck or below their means, um, because suddenly they had a single source of income um, that was just shut off for many people, unfortunately. And they didn't have a they didn't have an emergency fund to fall back on, which is the first thing you should always build after you start paying down debt and things like that. Um, they didn't have a secondary or, or tertiary source of income. Uh, they had nothing to lean back on. They, you know, got a, a subsidy from the government, which was nice, but that only lasts a certain amount of time, and that may be a huge pay cut than what you're used to. And their lifestyle inflation may be massive. They may be living mm-hmm. above their means, and so they just felt that pain. And um, I, 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 I was fortunate. I, I was able to maintain work through the time, but not a single second of the pandemic was I worried about losing my life maybe except for a few things here or there that I would have cut out just for the sake of it it wouldn't have changed one bit and I wouldn't have had to change it for years to come if I really mm. didn't want to and that was only afforded by um, just taking that extra step and you don't have to go to that extreme but god I wish people would just start that path and just become educated in that in in the slightest degree on their personal finances, especially in sales, because the power of earnings early on in your career and what you can do with that, uh, especially when you're in your 20s and 30s, um, is can be life changing if you if you leverage it correctly.
0: That's so powerful, man! To even think about that, you can you're essentially just setting up a system that can weather any. You know, negative event that might happen, right? No one could have ever predicted COVID, right? And let's just say you were in the, you know, the restaurant industry or something that just got torched. You had you had no control over that. You might have lost a lot. You might have lost your job. Um, but to have those multiple streams where you could still be making or at least covering your expenses, if not even continuing to earn more and more money off of that, um, is is just mind blowing. Right, it's mind-blowing to think that, that 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 can be set up, and it's not rocket science either. Right, no. it's just the. It sounds like if I'm hearing from you, it's it's the discipline, right? It's first, it's probably the education, knowing that you can do that. Then it's the discipline, um, and then it's it's just actually following through on the plan, um, and then continuing to learn and grow.
1: And you could automate almost all of this. Yeah. So it's a, it's a upfront work, maybe the first month to three months, maybe a little bit more. Or okay, yeah, it's gonna suck. You're gonna learn some uncomfortable things about yourself and your spending habits, yeah. um, but you're gonna know. You're gonna know that number, right? And that and the, the amount of people who don't even know what they spend on a monthly basis or a yearly basis is mind-boggling, and they they don't know how close they are to collapse. Um, and this equation, by the way, and I I can't speak from personal. Experience, but I can I can speak for the experience of others who I've talked with. This changes exponentially once you have a family, because mm. not just it's not just you anymore, right? You have dependents, you have yeah. um, mortgage, you have all these other things. But and and people don't realize how close they are to collapse. It is shocking to me, and I think the, the one silver lining, and I know it's hard to say it coming out of the pandemic, was it really opened up a lot of people's eyes to the importance of saving, to investing. You're seeing all these crazy you know, projects coming out of like NFTs and crypto and, and people talking about real estate, side hustle, that side hustle culture is really um, on fire right now, which I think is awesome for people. Um, and you're seeing a lot of it on LinkedIn, but, it, you know, even still, so many people don't realize how close they are. And even starting with, you know, yeah, the, the cash flow and bringing in those streams of income and having your money work for you is the ultimate goal, right? Yeah, yep. investors pay the least taxes, all the good stuff. Um, but some people like don't even have an emergency fund. If something were to happen, they're, they're screwed. And I think that's also crazy to me. Um, and I was we were talking before the show and I told you a, a, a stat I heard where if you have, um, and, and this may have changed slightly over the last year or two, uh, but if you have a zero or $1 net worth, you are already ahead of twenty to twenty-five percent of Americans,
0: right now, crazy. Just for it's having crazy. zero, one for having
1: zero, just being, just being at the starting line, being in the black. Right, you're ahead of twenty-five percent of Americans, and that is so terrifying. And obviously, everybody has different circumstances and whatever. But you know, a lot of people who I assume listen to your podcast, Tom, you know, are in, are on a good path. They're self-educating they're probably in a decent career or they're on a journey to a decent career in, in sales. Um, and I think it's important to recognize that opportunity. The other big important thing, especially with sales, it's very cyclical, as you know, we all have good quarters, we all have bad quarters, we have good years, bad years. Um, you've got to recognize uh, that that doesn't, that doesn't you know that you have to take advantage of those years. I was like watching a, a podcast with T-Pain of all people, if you remember T-Pain, yeah. Flat, yeah, flat broke.
0: Buy you a drink. Flat broke. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Not anymore, because he's flat broke. So <laughs> he's not buying anybody any drinks. But he talks about it. He's like, man, I, I always thought that money would never stop coming. Mm. And, you know, suddenly it stopped, right? And I, I I spent everything. I bought four houses. I bought three cars. And that's just honestly not far off than, than most people are thinking about their finances and um, it's kind of scary. So I think just getting educated at the, at the very basic level, starting to look at things like just building an event, building, um, building a budget, working off that budget, creeping up your savings to a level where you're comfortable, maybe a little bit out of your comfort zone, but still can live a, 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 the life you want to live. It's not that hard. You don't have to make that big of a sacrifice. Um, and then, you know, starting to kind of build upon that foundation, build, a, um, uh, build an emergency fund, then you build a big investment account and start feeding that into that. And then that investment account is starting to grow upon itself. You have the uh the wonders of compound interest, mm-hmm. all that good stuff over time. Um, but just that basic understanding of take control of your own finances because no one is going to do it for you. Mm. Uh, I think is so important. And uh it 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 I I can't. If, I'm always happy to like talk to people about this or help people about this or tell them my path but uh, yeah it's the, I, I think the importance I, I couldn't state enough of just taking that first step. Um, I uh, if anybody's interested, Set for life by Scott Trench really, mm-hmm. really good book on how to go from kind of zero to 100 grand uh, yeah. in terms of savings and he talks about actually he's a sales manager or was a big real estate guy now and he talks about. Uh, you know, I, I chose sales because I could control my income and here's how I did it. He lays out a formula, um, rich dad, poor dad, unbelievable mental shifts on how to think about money, cash flow quadrant, same thing, how to think about money. Um, so there's so many great resources out there. They're all free and you just need to have that kind of aha moment, um, and do the bare minimum. You take three months to, to kind of, you know, have that little painful experience of, of, Learning your budget and working toward it and moving stuff around to get savings and you automate everything else you automate payments from your checking the moment a check comes in you put it into an investment account that could automatically invest in something, uh, whatever fund you choose, or whatever vehicle you choose, and you just set it up so it happens behind the back, uh, behind your behind your back so you don't have to worry about it think about it every single month or twice a month, bare
0: minimum. Yep. Um, so a couple of great book recommendations that you just laid out. Uh, I would throw on top of that fire, uh, Psychology of Money, I'd throw yep. on top of that fire. This is a cheesy name, I know it, but it's a great book. I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit great Sethi. Book. Uh, great book. Maybe my favorite. Um, it, it's it's top three, for sure. Um, a very basic book, but maybe just kind of teaching about like foundational, foundational levels, uh, Richest Man in Babylon. Great um, book. And, and those would be the three that I would probably recommend to uh, to folks on top of that. So you've got a good little curriculum here.
1: Think and Grow Rich, another yep. good one. Um, paper Money, another great one. That's more economic focused, um, but also very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the resources are out there, no doubt.
0: Yeah. And I uh, maybe just the last thing that I'll touch on here with you, Parker, is I actually saw someone post about this um, a couple weeks ago saying that they set time in their calendar for learning. So let's say you're, you're listening to this podcast, you're in sales, you don't know the first thing about personal finance. So now maybe you, you do, you know, a little bit and you want to kind of dedicate yourself to learning about this. I, I would highly recommend you grab 30 minutes, an hour with yourself, you know, yeah. put that on your calendar and say, hey, you know, Wednesday afternoon, you know, five to six or, or four 30 to five 30, or in the morning, you know, I'm going to read about personal finance, or I'm going to listen to a podcast about it, or read a blog or, you know, learn a, a few different tips uh, about how to create a budget. And that 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 knowledge will compound over time. Um, and the earlier that you can start the better. And so I I'd, I'd definitely recommend, you know, taking that advice of set yourself up time for learning if you do want to learn about this.
1: Yeah, and like anything else, surround yourself with, with winning people and winning groups, you know, put yourself in a position to win. So find um, podcasts, find, uh, normally a lot of financial uh, podcasts will have um, like mastermind groups that you could join. Some are paid, some are free, you know, but there's a bunch of stuff, there's meetups, there's mastermind groups, there's all these things where you could get into the conversation, the dialogue with people who've been there, done that. Um, They've experienced, you know, amazing success with stuff like this. Uh, Any finance
0: podcasts you listen to by the way?
1: Yeah, I uh I I listen to a bunch. Um so I'll I'll pull up some of my favorites. Um but they they tend to change. There's a few mainstays uh that I have that I really like. Um so I'm big on real estate like I said. So there's a podcast Cashflow Connections. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a real estate podcast Hunter Hunter Thompson. He's a, a, a young guy down in marina del rey he's really great um there's one called the corporate investor uh and that as you imagine is is really tailored toward successful uh folks in the corporate world who want to learn how to invest their money um there is uh, a podcast that i really like it's mostly like a group of uh, doctors and business owners but wealth formula um really interesting stuff i like kind of the alternative uh off the beaten path kind of next level in your financial journey podcasts yeah. um, because that's where you really start i mean there's so many things out there that if you were to ask me six years ago i I would have it i would have never known any of this um, but within a, a year or two uh, suddenly you know I, my world's been opened up to uh, all these different investment vehicles whether they're insurance related whether they're real estate related um, how to um, kind of grow money within, uh, uh, insurance accounts and then leverage that money tax free to invest in real estate and, and all these other really crazy Mm. things that you can do once you start becoming sophisticated and educating yourself and it, it changes your game. It changes the game for you for sure. So those are my favorite, um, they dig in a little bit deeper and they talk about, uh, some various topics. Most of them center around real estate and business. Um, but I think good starting place for sure.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Um, anything Parker that we didn't get to? Uh, I know we covered a lot of ground around budgets, investing. You know, kind of your formula. You know, probably two dozen resources there between books and <laughs> podcasts between us both. Um, and I hope this is helpful to to the salespeople listening. But anything before we wrap up that that we missed?
1: Um, I'd say just. It, nothing nothing in particular i think we covered a lot of ground we we didn't go too specific on to any one topic but i think the overarching theme is is just you've got to start somewhere you've okay. got to figure out where to start how to educate yourself you're in a very good opportunity where you most people uh once you get to a certain point you're you're paid especially in sales you're typically paid a base salary that's very livable um mm-hmm. everything on top of that you should look at as opportunity not opportunity to buy a Porsche or, or, or a Rolex. I, I had a, I had a guy the other day who had a killer year. Um, I mean, good on him, he smashed it out of the park. But before the commission checks were even cut, you know, I saw this guy at a meetup and he had was his new Rolex. And I was just like, nice man, did you just get that watch? He's like, yeah, just bought it brand new, new Rolex. I'm like, dude, you haven't even gotten your commission check yet. He's like, yeah, but I, you know, it's coming. <laughs> that kind of mentality, guys. I mean, it's just you buy the cool thing, treat yourself for sure, but recognize that um, those checks is an opportunity to do something big, get involved, um, look at some of the, find some people on LinkedIn who are doing cool things with money. Jennifer Welsh, uh, yeah. Justin Welsh's uh, uh, wife uh, has some great basic entry-level advice. Max Pashman, same thing. Uh, those are great folks to follow, um, but just start somewhere and uh, protect your future, uh, financially. I mean, start the the faster you start, the faster. I mean, you could, if you start in your twenties and you're doing well in sales, you could be a millionaire before you know it. And you're way ahead of the game at that point.
0: Yeah. That's inspiring. Uh, Parker, I appreciate you educating us, uh, firing us up. I'm ready to not only close some deals, uh, this month, but, but take that hard earned commission and, uh, and, and put it to work. So I uh, appreciate yes, you coming on. Uh, we'll, have to do, uh, we'll have to do another episode again soon.
1: Of course, anytime, man. It's always a pleasure.
0: What's up, everybody? Thanks for checking out that podcast. Uh, happy July to you. Uh, would love if you took 22 seconds and hit subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this. Uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, your favorite podcast player. And be sure to check out some of my content on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Tom Alamo And on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Tommy Tahoe. Have a great day. Make it legendary. Peace.